Hello friends, welcome to episode 4 of the Looking at Stamps podcast. And today I chat with Frank Roche about stamps and collecting. Frank is the creator of the Postcardist podcast and has over 72 episodes under his belt. He has an encyclopedic knowledge of postcards and connects people through his podcast. I was fortunate enough to appear on five episodes of his podcast, and those were episodes 31, 39, and 40, 55, and 65, if you want to take a listen. Uh, Frank is the primary reason I decided to host my own podcast, and I thought it was only appropriate that he would be the first person that I interviewed. Now let's go talk stamps. So welcome to episode of the Looking at Stamps podcast. How are you, Frank Roche? Thank you so much for having me on the show, Russ. I'm, uh, I'm very much have enjoyed uh, the show, and I'm glad that you're doing this. So thanks for having me on. Oh, glad to have you. And uh, let's talk about some stamps. So you know, you know the procedure. You know how this goes. We're going to do a couple of lightning round questions. Uh, these you haven't seen or haven't heard, uh, and these are all in your wheelhouse, so you don't have to worry about them. Okay. Uh, and, and then the second, we're going to actually talk about stamps later. So um, your first question is, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? The uh, Marais in, in Paris, France. I would, I would, I, I, I'd go there I, in a I, second. I figured France. I figured Paris as well, <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, favorite band or musical group? Uh, the, the one that I listen – well – there's a Jimi Hendrix for my favorite song of all time. Uh, somebody that I currently listen to over and over again is probably the Decemberists. Uh, I have no idea who that is, but I'll, I'll have to Google them and Spotify them. But okay. Uh, soda, pop, or Coke? Which term do, we, do you use? Uh, neither of those. We use just uh, soda in my house, although I grew up calling it pop. Got it. See, I'm from the South, so we say Coke, and you say yes, what and kind of Coke, exactly, and then you say exactly. Dr. Pepper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Favorite time of day? Morning. The earlier, the better. Yeah, I really favorite. like early morning. Yeah. I think I know the answer to this one, but favorite author? Uh, Ernest Hemingway, although yeah. I just shaved off my Ernest Hemingway beard this morning, so I decided to go for a little change. I was starting to look a little too much like him. <laughs> okay, and since it's Super Bowl Sunday, we're recording on Super Bowl Sunday. Chiefs or 49ers? Uh, the Patriots? <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not an option. <laughs> and I'm, I'm smiling very happily. Not an option. <laughs> okay, I'll go 49ers then. Okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, because so he's the, the court because the quarterback was originally with the Patriots. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to go with the Chiefs because I don't like what the 49ers did to Kaepernick. So I'm, I'm going oh, for the Chiefs. Oh, oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> so uh, now we're going to talk about stamps. Yes. So um, now, just as a preface, I have four levels of stamp collecting. And so I want to figure out which one you feel most comfortable using, and then we can go from there. First is the enthusiast, and that's someone who just likes stamps, you know, has no rhyme or reason, just likes stamps and likes what they look like, uses them, those kind of things. Then we have the hobbyist, and that's someone who speaks at, seeks out special stamps or themes. Um, then we have the collector, and that's someone who preserves stamps 
and present stamps. And then we have the professional, uh, which is the someone who buys, deals, sells stamps and collections. So right. on that Ho- spectrum. Hobbyist. Yeah, um, I, that's yeah. where I would have put you as well because, I mean, we, we, know, we know each other quite well. So uh, and, it's, and it's amazing how well we know each other for as short of a time as we've known each other. But uh, yeah, that's where I was going to put you, but I just wanted to, to see where you Yeah, that's you a, that, that seems like that would make sense. Those are, those are good, four good categories. And, uh, you know, I'm probably on the low end of hobbyists, but hobbyists, I would say. I mean, I, I do seek stamps. So. Well, that brings us to our first question. Nice, nice transition there. Uh, what is it about stamps that you enjoy? Um, I am absolutely fascinated with the art of stamps. So that is, uh, you know, I'm very sort of visually stimulated, and so I spend a lot of time really looking uh, at the at the sort of the design and thinking. An artist has now gotten his or her work put out there the tunes of sometimes millions upon millions of stamps, but it's this, it's a little piece of art um, that could be, you know, licked and sticked. So I, I really, I'm absolutely fascinated with that. Yeah, too, and it's affordable art, and that's the, that's the beauty of it as well. You know, anyone can afford a stamp, or most people can afford a stamp, yeah. and so they, yes. they, they are miniature artworks. They uh, absolutely. are. And, and how do you decide what stamps that you're going to purchase or get? Do you seek them out? Do you seek denominations? Do you seek current stamps as they are issued? How, how do you decide what stamps to get? There's a, so there's a couple things. One is that I'm particularly fascinated with space stamps. And so it's because of the era that I grew up. I, I mean, I was a kid in the 1960s, and that was the space race. And, you know, I mean – I was 10 years old when the, you know, when the, they landed on the moon for the first time. And so I look after those. Um, I've bought at eBay and on, uh, at stamp shows, um, you know, and, and at ephemera shows, um, various kinds of space stamps. I have a lot of U.S. ones, but, of course, lots of other countries have made them as well but it's just i have a recollection of them i i remember them as even at, remember particular space stamps when i was a kid and using those and so it was it, it's something that sort of sticks with me and that that's a i don't have anywhere near a level of completeness but i have a lot of them and uh, lots of space stamps i would say so but i don't do denominations i i'm not a i'm not a collector of denominations i have you know obviously various ones but um, and then modern stamps. I mean, I think in the last few years, the United States Postal Service has done an extraordinary job, and you know there are some issues that I have just absolutely adored. You know, the John Lennon stamp, the the uh, Woodstock stamp. I mean, there's there's a few. The Janis Joplin. There there are just some really really good ones. You can't forget the Jimi Hendrix stamp have many, many panels of the Jimi Hendrix stamp, my favorite artist uh, and, uh, you know, musical artist. And, um, yeah, that's a gorgeous stamp, absolutely. So do you have – do you primarily deal with unused or used stamps? Unused. For, like the, your space – so you, you, yeah, you've unused. been collecting unused space stamps. Yes. Yeah, and unused. And do you plan on using them? Um, I occasionally will use some um, if I feel like I'm really entertaining someone who's going to get a piece of mail and I know that they would really appreciate the it. 
but no, I, I mean, I, I put them in albums, you know, uh, under wraps. Um, yeah, but there are some that I still keep in circulation and would use, yeah. Some that are more common, like they are more easily gotten, I would say. So tell me about your out then this, let's say the space theme, which is one of the questions I was going to ask you. If you could collect any particular theme, what would it be? And I figured it was going to be space, space stamps because um, yeah. we've talked about that before. So tell me, how do you preserve your stamps, the ones, let's say, let's just pick your space stamps. You know, so the ones that you're going to save, how do you save them? Do you have album pages? Do you just stick them in one place together so you can pull them out and look at them? Or how, how do you actually uh, Album pages, primarily, I just have bought archive, uh, archival album pages and put them in there. I don't have as disciplined a system as I, I feel like I should, uh, and, but that's how I do it now, although I don't I, – the album pages are more in stacks than they are in, like, albums. So, um, you know, I, I don't look at them as often as I you – know, it's kind of funny when you first get a stamp – spend a lot of time, you know, looking at it, looking at the provenance, using a magnifying glass, really paying a lot of attention to it, and then kind of put it away. And it's always, I kind of find it funny to pull them out a couple or three years later and go, oh, yeah. You know, I remember how the sort of how much I liked that at the time and kind of re-remind myself, so. Do you have any specific, uh, a very specific first stamp memory of where you saw a stamp and you're like, that's cool. Or something like that? I, my recollection of the, the first stamps that I ran into were those four-cent purple Lincoln stamps. Those were really prevalent when I was a kid. I, I, was, uh, I corresponded with my grandma back and forth every week. Um, I did that, you know, until she passed away long, a long time ago. But, um, so I used to affix stamps to my postcards or letters to her. And we had a lot. I, I don't know why we did but those purple Lincoln stamps, there were four cents. And then I think the transition in the middle of the 1960s went from four cents to five cents to six cents. There was a there was sort of a sequence there of uh, stamp prices going up. That's a pretty significant change back then. But I, I, those Lincoln stamps were ones that still to this day, when I look at those, those, those four cent purple Lincoln stamps, I am immediately transported back to my you know, kindergarten, first, second, third grade when, you know, I was writing, learning how to write in cursive and, you know, writing to my grandma. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I have a whole stack of those pre-printed postcards with those Lincoln stamps on them. Oh. And I have probably, I would say maybe a hundred of them. I had wow. bought someone's collection out of uh, pre-printed postcards or pre-stamped postcards. Yep. And she had them for some reason, and I was just like, what do I do with these? And then it's so funny that you mentioned that because I was just looking at them the other day, and I'm like, i got to do something with these. And so I know who they're going to start going to. <laughs> <laughs> See, you'll, you'll cast me back into memories of the, of the 1960s. That'll be really good. I, I enjoy that. Uh, that was a good time. So. Yeah. So how many stamps – hey, let's go with the, the – keeping with the stamp uh, space theme. How many of those album pages do you think that you have? Uh, um, guesstimate, yeah. Hundreds. Okay, okay. Hundreds. Hey, of, well, is... I'll tell you why, Russ. Is because I got um, a, a couple years ago, my mother-in-law gave me her father's stamp collection. So 
So I went from my own collection to something much more significant. And so he had collected um, international stamps. I mean, so you're probably talking about a guy who was born, let's just say 1900, maybe a little before that. So, you know, and he was collecting them as a young man. And so um, he, he was a doctor in the town in Iowa and had collected quite a few. And so, you know, it's not quite a, it was a kind of a nonlinear sort of situation, which I have a lot of stamps, you know, panels of stamps, and then all of a sudden I have a heck of a lot more. So it was more like that. See, this is a side of you I never knew. I knew you of the person that, you know, that uh, started, who's always sent out postcards, and we'll talk about that later. And you, you know, obviously in my eyes, you use too much postage on your post stamps you know, on your postcards, but, but you know, because I'm, I'm the OCD guy that has to use the exact amount, which is what led up to my collection of stamps, which is that I needed to find 35 cents worth of stamps, and I only had 34s, so I ended up buying the one-cent makeup stamps, and then I ended up having, like, 600 of them, you know, so, yeah. so but uh, but you, you slap-dash stamps willy-nilly on, on your postcards, which, which you know, it always brings a smile to my face, you know, you just sent one the other day, I think it, it was a dollar and the year of the rat stamp to some of our friends in, in Europe. And I was like, that's a dollar 55 cents. You only needed a dollar 20. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, I have this, I have this thing about, um, I, I, I try to say to myself that my postcards will be handled much more uh, carefully. If I put excess postage on them, the actual answer is that's not true at all. <laughs> it's all machine. <laughs> yeah, just waste money. I just wasting money. Yeah, it's just like the only person that's going to touch your your postcard is the one that's actually delivering it to a postal box. That's it. Everything that's else is it. a machine. No, dump I'm it in the bin, take the bin, and dump it into the machine sorter, and it's all gone. Stupid me. I, no, I do. No, wa- I do. No. Wa- I do waste. I I admire what you do of getting the amounts correct. I uh, I don't. So what um, what's the greatest surprise in terms of in terms of either stamp collecting or a stamp that you have that uh, has developed since you started collecting your your hobby? I would say perhaps the greatest surprise for me is how much you know. I think this can happen with a lot of people when you collect almost anything. There's always this temptation to either try and get stamps from really far away. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I just, I, you know, or from a really long time ago, my biggest surprise is how much I like modern current issue stamps. Not every single one of them, as you talked about in one of your previous shows, that heart stamp that they just issued in the United States is a disappointment on multiple levels. I refuse to buy it. Actually, I'll buy one panel and I will put it away, but I will not use that stamp. Um, and so, you know, and that's my, my biggest disappointment that I've seen in a stamp in a really long time. I mean, these are the same people that produced Scooby-Doo, one of right. my favorites. I so, love that, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, and Sesame Street and, you know, all these. But, I mean, that, that Scooby-Doo is a great stamp. And what the heck happened? I don't know. Somebody, somebody fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree in that, you know, 2019 was, I thought it, think an exceptional year for u.s stamps it, there were so many great releases that particular year uh we had so many you know we had the the moon landing stamp we had yep. the woodstock stamp we had the sesame street stamp we had a lot of commemorative stamps 
that particular year. It, it really was a banner year. And then they had some different stamps like the uh, Spooky Silhouettes that used the foil very ingeniously. Right. Yeah, right. So there were a lot of great stamps. Uh, and I, I the, air, the airmail stamp, the Intaglio, uh, the Intaglio uh, airmail, those are really kind of funny how those kind of came and went, but they were the red and the blue ones. And right. gosh, those were nice stamps. I mean, those were really well done. And, you know, didn't get a lot of celebration, not nearly as much as, like, say, Scooby-Doo or Mr. Rogers or whatever, but nonetheless, a, a really terrific stamp. Is there any stamp uh, in the 2020 season that you're looking forward to? Or have you even thought that far through yet? I haven't. You know what? I'm watching you as you reveal them. (laughs) So I'm watching your shows as they come. I used to. I mean, I do get the um, USPS postal bulletins, and I I look for the the various things. um, I'm pretty happy and pretty satisfied with so far minus the – and I don't mean to disparage people. I don't – this is not a show to be negative. I just – it's not – it doesn't give me as much excitement, that heart stamp, as some of the previous ones. So. Well, and that's what I tell people too is that they they can't all be, you know, bullseyes. You know, you're gonna have some right. misses. You're gonna have some big misses. You're gonna have some little misses, and you know. But my thing is, I keep on telling people, don't judge them uh, based upon your computer screen, and you know, denigrate them before they even come out. That's like, you know, criticizing a movie that you haven't seen. Right. You know? <laughs> you know, right. Wait till well, they come I, out, I thought that you know, I thought that your I thought your show that where you showed the sort of the progress of love stamps, by example, is a really, you know, that really stimulates the mind to sort of say, like, you know, what can be possible? And also for a collector or even somebody who just wants to use stamps to go back and say, hey, maybe I could buy a panel or two of something else um, that can work. So, um, you know, that was, it was a really informative show and, you know, also made me realize I don't have to use the current one. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, our friend uh, Ashley Ahrens uh, called it insipid. You know, she was so yeah. disappointed. And, you know, and I've gone to a, a totally new way of purchasing stamps starting with the 2020 season is that I will buy them first from the post office. And then yeah. if I want to buy multiple panels, then I'll go online to USPS.com and buy more of them once I decide that I like them. Uh, yes. Because a lot of people were looking forward to this particular heart stamp this season and bought panels upon panels of them. And then I got them and were like, what am I going to do with all these stamps? And, yeah. You know, you know, I'm with you. I bought uh, three three panels, uh, one of which that I will keep uh, just for storage purposes yep. uh, and reference purposes. And two that I'll be sending out to people, enthusiasts from around the world who can't, who don't have access to them here in the United States. Sure. And so I'll send those to them, use them on postcards to send to them. And then, uh, you know, and the third one I'll probably end up using just to pay bills because I'm with you. I, I'm not a big fan of it. But, um, and, and that's one of the things, too, that I talk about is that there's no way for a single person to know all the stamps that are out there. It's just, right. it's just so right. bad, you know, a collection. So, which is why we started doing the IGTV channel reviews and things, and now we're doing the podcast, is just talking to people about, you know, stamps, and uh, you get to get to view them, and then decide, like you said, you know, if you want to add them to your collection, uh, you can then seek them out from third-party, you know, uh, ways of, of purchasing stamps if you see something that you like. Well, I think that, you know, you, you brought my attention to the wild orchids. Orchid is my favorite flower. I used to use the word uh, um, orchid thief as an as a email address for a really long time. And 
Um, I'm really looking forward to those. By example, and like you say, you can't know everything. So as people, you know, as we talk about these kinds of things, it sort of sends us off in, uh, you know, paying attention and, and watching. Well, and as, you know, any, as with any collector, it sends you down the rabbit hole. You know, and it just happened to me the other day. Is just that, you know, I did a partial episode on the wedding stamps, and I'm like, okay, now I have to have every single one of them. You know, and so now, oh, yeah. yeah, and so you know, they've always been in circulation since 2004. It can't be that difficult to get them. You know, and so then it sends you down to the rabbit hole to to have them all. And of course, I you know write it off as. Well, I'm doing it for the show, so you know. Right, you know, I can exactly. Justify the expense by you know. it's, it's a it's another business investment, you know. <laughs> and they finally are going to come out with a bloody new um, uh, international stamp for which is, oh my god, global I forever see. stamp. Yeah, it's it's going to be the chrysanthemum, the pink chrysanthemum this year. Yeah, which and I can't believe because that those those have been. I mean, they did the poinsettia, but my gosh, that other one was just I I. Just, did, did not like it. I don't know. It was cool. some but sort that of succulent. Was also, that was also, yes, the green succulent is the one you're referring to. And, yeah. and But that was also the same year or the year after they did the the desert flower stamp. They did the desert right. flower stamp last year. Yeah. So that was kind of in conjunction with that as well. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people are tired of the green succulent. And they used to have – well, the problem with the global stamps is that every two years or every three years they do a holiday-themed one. Right. And so then they have to do another one rather quickly because people don't want to use the holiday-themed ones throughout the year. And so they have to come up with another one. And so we just had the um, poinsettia Global yep. Forever that was issued. And so now they yep. had to come up. And I'm glad with you and a lot of people that they went to a, a, a pretty flower like the pink. Oh, that chrysanthemum is just it's gorgeous. Be pretty. Yeah. And, a, yeah, and it's going to go fast. They're printing a whole bunch of them. So, But I would still suggest that people get – especially like those of us who send as much international mail and postcards as we do uh, to, to buy them in, in multiple. Get a hold of this. I, I saw that even at this uh, post office that I'm at here now, I had gotten four panels of the Lunar New Year, the Year of the Rat stamps, and I saw they're sold out here too. And I know that those things are sold out almost everywhere. Those, well, are, the, those have been really popular. Well, the only and that's for a variety of reasons. Uh, one is that it was a, a smaller run of stamps. Uh, and two – what we're finding out is that budding philatelists uh, or stamp collectors can get in on the very ground level of a new series. And so people were buying them up in multiples. When the, on the first day of issue, people were flying into San Francisco just to buy those stamps because oh. it's the first in the 12-year cycle. So they can get on the ground floor and know that they can have the, the first one and then for the next 12 years just add to their collection and they can have a complete set. Got so. It. Uh, so it became very popular for that particular reason. And it's a striking stamp, too. We weren't, none of us were expecting the gold foil on that stamp, and, and so it surprised a lot of people. Uh, one of the other things that you do that I wanted to bring up that falls within the realm of philately, uh, but most people simply think of philately as collecting stamps. But, you know, philately also includes first day of issues. It also includes specific types of Stamp issues like airmail stamps or postcards, uh, you know, pre-stamped postcards. Right. But you do something special with first day and special cancellations that I wanted to do. How did you start getting into these special cancellations that you can request through USPS or through post offices in general? Yeah, I, um, you know, I've, I, 
along with the sort of the collection that my grandfather or grandmother had given me, so I had some first day of issue um, envelopes and things. But, you know, over the last few years, I've, I've paid more attention to special cancellations. That, um, and so, you know, I always just look at the special cancellations list. I mean, there's the first day of issue ones that you can get through the USPS, but there's also, uh, you know, there, there, there are special cancellations that are given, designations that are given for festivals and things like that. And every once in a while, um, you know, I'm not, for instance, I use like the number 23. And so um, zip codes that have the number 23 and have a special cancellation, I'll often send away and get those things canceled and either sent back to me or sometimes sent out to people that are, um, that are in my correspondence, small correspondence group. Um, and I, I've just really quite enjoyed that. I think that that just adds an extra layer. I mean, obviously at Christmas time, that's pretty fun, right? You can send away and, and do those. But throughout the year, I've done it. And I've really liked the ones. Like, I mean, I liked, obviously, the first day of issue for John Lennon. Um, I thought that was a really special one. And, and uh, I've done a, a few of those. Um, and, you know, I think I sort of um, – the, the USPS gives you 90 days after the first day of issue to send away to that place in Kansas City and get uh, first day of issue um, cancellation. So um, I always kind of think that's worthwhile if you really, really like something. And in my yeah. case, yeah. No, no. I received your your holiday. I've received. I've been very lucky to receive a couple of years uh, of special day cancellations, and and the, the the holiday ones always just bring a smile to your face. And I I just think as well as, and and you and I both do it for special people on in our in our realm of 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 correspondence. Yep. It's just people who can appreciate the extra step that was taken. To get that special marking or the special cancellation, it, it's a, it's a heck of a lot of it's a heck of a lot of work because I mean you have to send it away, you have to give instructions on what you want to have happen, and then you have to accommodate to either have it be mailed back out or sent back to you and then distributed. So it's I mean yeah it, it's for people who appreciate it. You know our friend Evan, uh, you know the the uh, uh, Postlandia, it would be you know one that he by the way he got to his ten thousand. Post office. I, I know that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Evan Kalish. So, <laughs> but yeah, and so and you know these are all people that I'm hoping to to have on our show because one of the things that I want people to realize is through this podcast is that stamp collecting and philately is a wide range of people and anyone. It's a wide umbrella that many people fall under. And I don't want people to think that you have to put them in books and have the books in catalogs and catalogs in the library and, you know, leather-bound books to be a collector <laughs> or a hobbyist right. or even an enthusiast. Right. And so, and that's one of the, you know, that's why I'm trying to get a wide range of people uh, to talk about how they do stamp collecting. Uh, our next guest is going to be our friend Ashley Aarons as well, who's, you know, and, and to her terms, she, she claims to be a budding hobbyist in, but yeah, I just want to find out what people like about stamps, and uh, which is going to transition to our last question today: is what advice would you give to someone who's interested in collecting stamps or a budding philatelist? Yeah, I, my thing would be this, which is um, it, it's, it's kind of funny. I would say, a don't be daunted. It doesn't. You don't have to spend a fortune in order to do this. You don't have to buy full panels of brand new stamps that cost you. $20 or $10, there's lots of stamps to be gotten. 
I think this about collecting in, in general, and I wish somebody had told me this a long time ago, try and figure out something that you really like and put those together. That will start you on a path uh, to collecting. Now, you can do that with used international stamps. You could do that with the stamps of a single country. You could, you know, decide that you want to just collect all stamps from France or, you know, if, you're, if your family are from uh, Brazil, then you might want to do it. But I think that sometimes collecting can be when you get really scattershot, sometimes you don't, it start, you can start feeling like you don't have a collection as opposed to saying, you know, I wish I had known that I really want to focus on one or two or three areas. And when you do that, uh, you can start putting together a pretty good collection and start feeling like the, there's a story there uh, as a collector. But again, it does not have to cost you very much money. You can start out with used stamps, which are way less than, you know, unhinged, um, you know, mint condition stamps and sort of uh, upgrade as you go. You'll, you'll find that out um, and, you know, and, and enjoy it. I, I wholeheartedly agree, and that's you know I had mentioned you know start small and start within start within your budget or yeah. you know, find a specialty that you like and then be the best in that specialty and then as you know with collecting you know we both talked about our postcard collections you know that you start small and then it somehow finds a way to expand <laughs> you know as, as you someday somebody gives you their you know their father's stamp collection and then all of a sudden you go like holy crow i got a lot of stamps all of a sudden right yeah i mean that's what happened with me with these uh, prepaid postcards i had I bought a couple of them really liked them because i was going to use them on a project to send out a story very similar to what you did with your novel uh your short story yeah. uh on postcards and then it just delved into just, you know, the depths of, and then once somebody found out that, you know, through a third and fourth party people that, oh, Russ is looking for these kinds of, you know, these kind of cards, then people start, were offering me their, their entire collections of like, this is just taking up space. I'm not going to use them. I'll give them to you at a price. Are you interested? And then right. of course, yeah. And then of course, as the collector, you say, of course I'm interested. What are you talking about? You, you know, is it, yeah. And then now you end up with, you know, 30,000 postcards somehow. <laughs> and I'm not even going to count my stamps. You know, I, 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 just, I, you know, I don't even want to do that, even though the insurance company is begging me to. But Yeah, it's not, yeah right, exactly. Well, buddy, thanks so much for being the first guest on uh, the Looking at Stamps podcast, as I knew this was going to fly. And, you know, um, and I thank you so much for, for doing this. No, Sam, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And that is all the time we have for this week's episode. Feel free to follow Frank on Instagram and Facebook under the profile Postcardist, and that's Postcard I-S-T. And you can subscribe to his podcast on any platform where you find your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening, and please subscribe to my podcast and rate and review if you have a few moments. Until next time, Bye-bye.